Welcome into the Bears Coaches Show with head coach Matt Nagy, brought to you by Whipley CPAs and Consultants. Jeff Joniak with you until 8 o'clock tonight here on News Radio 1059 WBBM. Coach Nagy until the bottom of the hour, and then special teams coordinator Chris Tabor joins us as well. Uh, recapping a 17 9 loss to the Vikings. So much about this game. Again, we've had these scenarios where if someone was not at the game, someone did not watch the game, someone did not listen to the game, and you looked at just the stats and you wondered how in the world could the Bears have not won this game? It'd be one of these games. Yeah, it would be. You know, it's the red zone, uh, not being effective in there and, and trying to get points. And there was a lot of sudden change yesterday. Um, I thought our defense did a phenomenal job with the sudden change. We've been harping on that all year. Uh, but but offensively, it was just, uh, you know, we were ineffective there. And in the NFL, to be effective and to be a championship team, you got to be great in the red zone. you got to score touchdowns. And when you score three points, essentially, uh, in the game, um, you know, that just that you're not going to win games that way. It seems to me it's just a, such a fine line, as always, of winning or losing in the National Football League. Everything turns on a play or two in a game at, at a minimum, a half dozen plays. But do you feel the players' frustration at all in those moments? Yeah, I mean, the you feel it when you have penalties, the first penalty to start the game. Uh, a 10-yard run and a penalty, you feel it when there's turnovers. Uh, you you know, there's 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 just, you got to be clean. You got to have effective plays. You got to be, we talk about a 12 of 12. It's 11 of 11 players. And then the coaching, the coaching part is the 12th aspect, 12 of 12. You can't have 10 of 12. You can't have 11 of 12. And offensively, we have not been 12 of 12, uh, simply put. So in order to be a great team to win games, you got to be 12 of 12. And you can't have negative plays. If you do, you got to be able to recover. And we're not recovering right now. To have four third downs that were third and 17 plus in an NFL game is hard to do. Uh, it's certainly hard as hell to convert. And, um, you know, so you look at fourth downs, you look at third downs, you look at situational football, you look at protecting and respecting the football. You look at getting touchdowns in the red zone, and, you know, we just didn't do that. As a head coach and with your staff, affecting that change to avoid these situations only go so far. You can't play the game. Is that a level of frustration that us as fans and, and us looking at this thing from a different perspective can't really appreciate? I hear what you're saying. I think we're all a part of this, and I know we are. And there's, there's, uh, there's times as you go through these learning instances of, and these plays and scenarios and everything that goes on, it really makes you have to laser in as a player and a coach to be great. And, and we've proven that this year we haven't been able to overcome negative yards. Uh, that's been a struggle for us. So when there is a third and one, you can't have a false start. You got to be locked in when, when you, you know, have the ball, um, and, and you're in a position to be able to, to, to try to make a good play call, you got to make a good play call, right, from, from our end. When you have a chance to make a catch, you got to make a catch. When you have a chance with ball security, you know, you got to you, you gotta do it. And when, when that's not happening, you score three points. And it's not a hard equation. It's, really, it's actually fairly simple. But good teams and good offenses do that. And uh, when you don't do that, you score three points. What have you done with your staff to try to bridge that gap? Because players obviously want to be put in a position to succeed. If they feel they are, they play faster, they play better, they feel confident. Do you feel that connection has been solid there? Yeah, I think our, our coaches and, and players have really, really good 
relationships. Uh, I just, I think our, you know, the offense, if you're talking specifically about offense, the offensive coaches, uh, the relationships that they build with these guys, we, we got some young guys right now on offense. And I think it's great for them to learn through some of these experiences. These guys are playing hard. I think that's the one thing in all this, as, as we talk through real talk, the one thing that we all need to understand is that these players are playing hard. And as a coach, when you see players that play hard and that care, that means that means a lot. And so now you've got to be able to play hard, care, and be successful and succeed and work together as a group. And, and um, you know, that's where it's been a little bit hard for us. And so you go through particular um, scenarios and these guys, they talk about it, they practice it, and we just got to do it. You're basically saying last night in particular, with the defense included here, you felt you were in a fight and you had a bunch of guys behind you. No doubt. I mean, there, I mean that was evident. And anybody that was in that game could see it. You could feel it. Um, did the emotions get going? And, and for sure, what was, you know, with the, some of the personal fouls, my, mine included. Um, but we all have to understand the balance of where to draw the line. And once, once we had too many, um, then we had to pull that back in. And we understand like too many is, is one, right? I understand that, that one is too many. Um, but it, it, it got to a point where it was important to talk to the guys and say, okay, let's, be, let's make sure that we're being smart and we're, we're, you know, this comes to an end, right? Every action has a reaction. Let's not be the reaction. Let's keep playing hard. We're in this fight. And offensively, we get that touchdown and make it a one-score game. It's seventeen to ten. We'll get another stop. We'll get the ball and go down and score. And we just couldn't. We couldn't catch up. And it wasn't that we weren't in areas to do it because we were moving the football. It was just the situational red zone football wasn't good enough. For you, in that instant, as you're flashing through it in the moment, is it a compilation of all of the frustration of an entire season coming out? I would say. Uh, probably there's a little bit of that. Um, and, and I also think that, that that's okay. You know, I think that, uh, we're all a little bit human here and, and you get to a point where, um, you know, you know, me, Jeff, you know, I'm an emotional guy and that's the first one I've ever had. But at the same point in time, um, I think the players understood that just as much as they're fighting for us, we're fighting for them too. And uh, you could feel the energy on the sideline pick up. Uh, and I think it's just, there's a little bit there that um, it shows a togetherness. And again, I, I, I'll be the first to tell you, I don't regret it. I would, if I was in the same situation yesterday and you said hit the repeat button, I would hit the repeat button. It's plain and simple. Snap back, Cousins going to loft it down the right side, going for Marcet Smith, incomplete, very tight coverage. Thomas Graham again. The young rookie, six-rounder out of Oregon, is rising to the challenge of taking on the Vikings tonight. That's his second pass breakup. He's had several tackles as well in the run game. Welcome to the NFL, big boy. Welcome back to the Bears Coaches Show, brought to you by Whipley, CPAs and consultants, a proud partner of the Chicago Bears. Learn more at whipfleet.com with Bears head coach Matt Nagy breaking down last night's game against the Vikings and looking ahead to Seattle here in just moments. I just uh, had a compilation of plays right there from Thomas Graham. Uh, What a night, seven tackles, three pass breakups. Uh, It never looked for one second like he hadn't played all year. I mean, honestly, I brought it up to Tom in the broadcast, Matt, that during minicamp and training camp, there were times he flashed, and there were times he looked like he wasn't playing to his top speed. So therefore, I was assuming he was thinking a lot. 
but he did not play like that last night. No, he didn't. I thought you could really tell. He seemed like a gamer yesterday, and we weren't really sure. You, you love seeing stories like that where a guy comes in and they're able to step up, and uh, you know he was going against some really good wide receivers and a great offense. So for him to be able to have that, I can only imagine what that means for his confidence. Um, and that's how careers get started. So, you know, we appreciate that from him. And there's other guys, too, behind the scenes that stepped up, but he was certainly one that had the production. Searching for the right chemistry on the back end of the defense, pre-COVID issues, uh, did he flash during his time throughout the course of the season on the practice squad and what he did for the look squad and so forth? Yeah, he's done a great job. He, he cares, you know. So when he's out there on the, looks, on the look team uh, giving us looks on offense, he really does a good job, and you never know when your time is going to come, especially now with all the COVID protocols and guys missing games. So you got to give him credit. He was prepared. He was ready. He stepped up to the challenge. He said, next man up, I'm up, and, and that's what he did. Not only that, he started and uh, faced, uh, uh, as you said, a premier offense. In the National Football League, I'm not insinuating that he's not a good practice player, but do you know uh, that there are guys that are okay practice players and you have to trust they take it this Sunday? Or – that there are some players that that's, you know, I felt Brian Erlacher might've been a similar guy. He loved Sundays. So whatever happened during the week, he, you knew he was going to be there on Sundays. That's, that's a yeah, great I player. Mean, that's a hall of famer, but yeah, do you know, sure. do you have some of those guys. Yeah. I mean, you know, I would say the one that is that, that practices a hundred miles an hour and it shows up on tape on Sundays is Robert Quinn. I mean, he's, that's one guy that you want to talk about how to practice. He only has one speed, and, and I'm so excited to be able to see what he's done this year and to see how, how that works. And for, our, for all of our younger players to see how you're supposed to practice. Um, and Roquan. It, well, Roquan, that, that's been day one as well. So those, those two guys, and then you see it on tape. And so I think it's been great for these younger guys to see that because practicing is how you're going to play. So are there a couple guys, Hall of Fame guys, maybe here or there that can get away with it when they get a little older? <laughs> But these guys, uh, they fly around, and, and our young guys see that. Not to get too deep into it, you know, for obvious reasons. The referees, I think most observers felt it was uh, uh, some questionable situations there. Uh, and, and Robert Quinn, after the game, basically urging the refs to let guys play ball. Had your back uh, in his statements, but uh, is, is there an infuriating level here of guys just trying to make plays and some more interpretation? Yeah, you know, I just think that uh, – Again, there's a lot that goes on. There's a lot in that rule book. You know, there's a lot in there, and 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 that's part of the rules, and you got to follow the rules. And then they, the referees, I also say that they have a difficult time because it's so fast. Everything is so quick when it happens, and so um, that's where you know we're able to see the replays and see it in slow motion, and it's, it makes it a lot easier for us to see. Um, but these are, you know these penalties can be plays that impact games as we've seen throughout the, the year and years. And so you just gotta, it, it's just, uh, again, I tie it back into it's an emotional game. It's a physical game. These guys are doing a lot of stuff out on that field. They're sacrificing their bodies. And, you know, when you, when you have a penalty that goes a certain way, uh, there's emotion, atta- emotion attached to that. And uh, there, there's a, certainly a lot of rules. I know that. As you roll back the tape, do you stand by your feelings on some of them, or can you see the dilemma for the, the officiating crew in some of those situations that hurt you last night? No, I, I think uh, you know I, the, the necessary roughness uh, with, with with Dion. Um, you know, I, I do stand by what I saw. Um, the the one that's really unfortunate is 
uh, the the third and seventeen tackle by Tease Tabor, you know, but you know that's in the rule book. Yeah. With that, so that's again the, the referees are following the rules there, um, and then you know the the little issue on the side with the the down and distance and me challenging and, and all that. So you know it's just uh, uh, I think there's a the the one thing that I will say is that I thought that that Scott did a great job um, of explaining everything to me in a really good job throughout the game of explaining to me everything that was going on. And as heated as I was at times, he was very calm and did a great job too. And I appreciate that. You know, he understands from our side. So, um, you know, that's, that's where that's at. That was referee Scott Novak last night. Snap to Cousins here on third down. Jacks the football and he goes down. He goes. Yes, he does. And it's Robert Quinn on third and 10 with the sack of eight yards. The Pro Bowler at it again. A sack for the sixth consecutive game. Download the Chicago Bears app to play our new predictor game, Risk It, brought to you by Bet Rivers for your chance to win $250 in free bets and a custom Bears jersey. Back with Bears head coach Matt Nagy, one of two sacks by Robert Quinn. Now it's 16, tracking down that single-season record of Richard Dent at 17 and a half. Uh, Tom Thayer uh, got a text message from Richard Dent yesterday, Matt, saying that... Uh, you know, because Tom was wondering, you know, some of these records mean something to, to, to old Bears, old players. Uh, even at the high school level, uh, we kind of embrace those things and hope they never get broken. But, you know, he's all about it. He said, hey, records are made to be broken, the old cliche. And a guy like that, Quinn, who's been in the league a long time, has played the game the right way. Hey, if it happens, it happens. And uh, he is tracking towards that and also named to the Pro Bowl. And how do you feel all about that? It's the first Pro Bowl for him since 2014. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm really happy for, for Robert because he works so hard. Um, you know, on the field and practice and off the field as well. And so when you see the results on game day, it was really cool breaking the news to him yesterday that, that he made the Pro Bowl. If you know Robert, you understand that the next thing he'll say to you is, I'm just glad I'm breathing, you know, and he'll, he'll just, he's simple. He's a simple man, but he certainly plays hard and um, he, he, he's, he's having a, a great year. And to be able to bounce back to from all the stuff that he went through last year to, I think it just goes to show his, his, um, you know, mental fortitude and just his resiliency of being able to um, take all distractions, put it aside, come here and just every single day uh, act like he's a rookie. And that's what you appreciate most about him. The shame of it all defensively, obviously, is the injuries. And you can't bemoan it. It's a part of the game. It happens. Every team's getting bit by it in some form or fashion. But with Khalil and Akeem, Akeem, you know, the engine was revved up. He made a difference. You could feel it throughout the defense. His emotion was there. He loves playing at home, loves playing in NFC North games, loves playing in primetime. You know, you wonder what would have been. It must leave you feeling and also wondering what if. Yeah, I, I think you make a good point. And as I was watching the tape last night of all three sides of the ball, you could really, really feel. And it was, it was really neat to, to see the swarm of the defense. And I know what the energy felt like last night on that sideline. But then to see it on tape and just to to see guys chasing down the football, to see guys trying to rip the ball out, to see guys making a stop in the backfield, shooting the A gap and B gap. And um, just, you know, like you said, just these guys, this front seven set the tone. And then the guys on the back end, when they had to make a play, I, I just think, you know, I think about that third down throw that Kirk had across the middle to Justin and Marquis Christian made a good breakup on it. And, uh, you know, we had a little delayed blitz by 44 with, with uh, Ogletree and, it just was is exactly it was a great call by Sean. And so getting those guys in a position to make plays, they made the play and got off the field. And the other part of that, too, is the sudden change. There was a lot of sudden change moments yesterday, whether it's an interception, a fumble, uh, a muff punt. 
and the defense never, they never blinked. And that's a sneaky, sneaky good trait that they had yesterday that I was really appreciative of. Sean decided did a heck of a job there. All right, let's turn to Justin Fields and talk about his performance, uh, the good, the bad, and uh, where he grew, where he maybe still isn't growing. No, he, you know, Justin, again, you can see what, what he can do when he's outside of the pocket. He can make some really good plays. I thought his vision was good. A couple progressions that he really did a good job of, of going from one to two to three. Um, and I think, you know, situationally, there'll be some times as he looks at the tape and just goes through, okay, where are we at? And we're, we're, how defenses are going to try to trick him with coverages, uh, with, with some, with some uh, stunts and blitzes. But for the most part, again, I thought he grew. And uh, it's never easy, um, but he's, he's done a good job. Of, there was really no issues of in and out of the huddle. Um, he did a good job with that, making plays. He just understands he's more competitive than anybody. You know, he wants to put more points on the board. And, uh, you know, he's a leader uh, being the quarterback position of that offense, and, and the guys are going to follow him. So, uh, you know, he's got to continue to keep playing hard. What can you tell him about fumbling right now? Yeah, well, he knew, he knew it right away when he came off the sideline. He said, he pumped his chest, said, my bad, my bad. That's something in this league that people are going to go after. And when you put the ball on the ground and they see it and it, there's, it's on tape and they can show highlights to their defense, that's not going to stop. So we just have to be smart with how we use him. And then he's going to have to be smart at all times, understanding that uh, ball security is huge in, in this league. And, and uh, these guys hit a little bit harder. And they, they run a little bit faster. You said it starts with you, ends with you. Uh, do you have more answers in the tank? Well, I mean, it's it's for all of us and for me to understand that, uh, you know, everything that's gone on this year, um, the only way that, that I'm wired is to make sure that, that I'm doing everything possible to give um, these players uh, in all three phases an opportunity to win. And, you know, <clears throat> Being able to have that connectivity of all three phases to win is not easy, and you gotta you gotta lock in and, and the four phases with the coaching staff. So um, nothing's going to change in regards to the fight. Uh, we just the results got to be different, and uh, we're well aware of that. And so we just got to put together um, you know really good days of practice and, and just keep keep throwing punches. Seattle's playing right now, so can't really get into them too much. We know what they are. Good coach team by Pete Garrow and a great quarterback in Russell Wilson. And that will begin your preparation for that on a Christmas holiday week. So it should be very interesting. For sure. Yep. They're, they're, uh, you know, it's always difficult to play out there in Seattle and they're going to, they're going to be fighting and, and they got a great quarterback in Russell. So uh, we'll have our hands full, but we'll be ready. All right, Matt. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. See you, Jeff. High snap. Pressure coming from Damian Williams. He partially blocks it. It's bouncing around at the 30 yard line and the Bears. We'll get the football right there. Damian Williams is having a star role tonight on special teams. Come watch the Bears game at Edison Park Inn in Chicago on Sunday night at this week's official Miller Lite Chicago Bears watch party. Visit chicagobears.com slash fanzone slash watch parties for more information. Joined by Chris Tabor, the Bears special teams coordinator after the loss to the Vikings last night at Soldier Field. Welcome in. Chris, uh, obviously you were not there last night, could not get cleared to return uh, because of the COVID situation a number one, how you feeling? And number two, a unique experience for a coach. No way, no how. Can you like that scenario? How'd you handle it? Uh, well, feeling feeling well, thank you. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, obviously this is a weird time, but um, you know, with regards to handling it last night, it was definitely weird when I turned on the uh, had the pregame show going, and you can see him down on the sidelines. 
you know, uh, Moss and Young and, and everybody. And, and they're, you know, you can see it, you can picture it. And I can see the people in the background and I know exactly what's going on. You know, I see Pat O'Donnell, those guys are starting to warm up and, and those type of things. But yet you're sitting in a room uh, talking to no one. It is, it's very surreal. It doesn't, uh, it's, it's just, it's weird probably the weirdest thing I've ever, I've ever been through. And then uh, once the game started, I found myself uh, just standing and pacing uh, the, the, the whole time. And then uh, I think I finally sat down right at the end of the game. Did you, did you feel like you felt the emotion of the game through that tube? And were you getting up and pumping your fists and doing crazy stuff when uh, things were going okay? Yeah, I did good and bad. You know, uh, you the, you know, the roller coaster wasn't uh, as extreme as obviously what it's like on the sideline. Uh, it's just you you feel helpless, and I guess that's maybe the best way to to describe it. Uh, at least when you're on the sidelines, and whether things go good or bad, you're making adjustments. You're going. You're in the now. You're in the moment uh, when you're just watching it on television. Uh, you're in the, I don't know what you're in. You're, you're, you're in a helpless, uh, area. You know, you can't, there's, there's nothing you can do. You know, I, you know, like before the kickoff, I could see Minnesota's lineup. I knew exactly what was coming and, you know, that guy's a really good returner and it's just, it's just a, it's just a different feeling. And then obviously on special teams, the camera angles, what television does, it uh, it hides a lot of things, so it's sometimes harder to see things. Yeah, you, you can't see the intricacies, and you have to compartmentalize when you're on the sidelines because that's what you do. It's your unit, uh, broad scope. You see the game from different lens, don't you? Yeah, I really did. That was, uh, you know, it, I guess it took me back to probably, uh, you know, my dad was a longtime high school football coach, and I remember after Friday nights and then on Saturdays and Sundays, we'd watch college football and the NFL and you, you know, you, you sit down, you're talking and you're, you're talking the situations and how the team's playing. And it's a big general overview. That's kind of how it felt last night. It was just, it was, it was different. Are you, are you confident you'll be back this week? Yes. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, I'll definitely hit my uh, 10 day window. So I will, you know, I'll be available. All right, sounds good. Uh, coming into this, we heard the block punt by Damian Williams, and boy, he played with his hair on fire last night. He has a unique skill set that, that you know he's a good football player. You know, besides, I, I you know he's a really good running back, uh, but he's he's a good football. But he gets football. Uh, you know, he stepped in for us at personal protector uh, for DHC, who obviously we think the world of, but but D Dubs is a guy that I mean he was. Uh, Tobe's personal protector in Kansas City, and and uh, Tobe raved about him, and and you know he he jumps right in for us, and he's he's always been as a backup uh, because he's been playing offense and, and those type of things, but just jumped right in and knows exactly what to do. So it's it's very comforting uh, from our end, and then we always knew that uh, he he can he can put pressure on a punter now. He almost, he's talented. He almost got another one too. Yeah, no, he's, uh, he just, he, he has a, you know, some guys have it and, and some guys don't, he has it. He, he, you know, he can go speed to bowl. He can go up and under, uh, he's good with his hands. And then just the, just that whole common sense, uh, factor of, you know, I got a shot to get this one or I don't, and I'm, I'm buzzing the tower or I'm committed to it. You know I mean? He just, he's, he's a good football player. So I'm, I'm glad he's here and, and, uh, 
uh, you know, he, he really, he helps our group quite a bit. Select single game Bears tickets are available. Cheer on the Monsters of the Midway live at Soldier Field this season. Visit chicagobears.com slash tickets for more information. With Bears special teams coordinator Chris Tabor, Jeff Joniak with you until the top of the hour. Uh, let's talk about uh, the, the changes that were necessitated when Jakeem Grant went out with a concussion. Demir Bird goes in there. Has been upon returner in his career. Let's break down the muff on, on that one. That's always a tough spot to go into. Has to catch the football. I mean, at the end of the day, we got to have we got to have possession of the football. And, um, you know, he had time. He had, he had plenty of time. He's chasing it over towards our sideline. I assume that's the way the wind was going last night, the way everybody was kicking. Uh, but, you know, the, the, the mistake that he, that, that is made that we got to get corrected. Um, you know, we always say, don't chase the ball. The ball's chasing you. And you can see that he's chasing the ball. As opposed to, and what I mean by that, you want to get to your spot and be waiting for it and get your ball read. That means that the ball is coming to you. It's chasing you. And, and uh, that's the mistake that we made there. And, and that's, uh, you know, that hurts. That, that's critical because I think that, you know, maybe he gets a, maybe that first first down that we're looking for. But at the end of the day, uh, even if he didn't, we got to have the football. So that's a mistake that uh, has to get corrected and we'll work hard at that this week. Can I go deeper into that just to understand and for people who, who've never caught a punt? Simplify it even a little more for us because they, they, you can't control where they're kicking the football. No, but, but what I mean by that, uh, for example, uh, let's say the wind's blowing over towards our sideline and we have them set at whatever that number was last night, depending upon you know what, what Barry's number is going into the game. And then you watch him in pregame and then you factor wind and all those type of things. Um, so he's set, uh, but just for him to anticipate that, yes, the ball, Mother Nature is going to take her over there. So I have to beat that. Let's say uh, we think that the ball is going to land at the 40-yard line. Well, then I need to, at the top of the numbers, I need to sprint okay. to that spot, and I'm waiting for it. I'm beating the ball to the spot. And and that, I think that's the, that's the critical thing for any punt returner, and that's always – uh, catching a punt is a lot harder than it is catching a kick. It, it, it really is. And the nose of the football and the wind and those type of things. Then obviously you don't have as much time as what a kick returner would. But, uh, you know, you can see him. He's, he's catching it sideways. So you, that there, therefore it tells you I never, and he's still moving. Mm-hmm. So there, 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 there's a lot of problems that just kind of, uh, you know, stack stacked itself there and then when that happens bad things are going to take place and that's what that's what happened i may have told you this before and you can have a good chuckle if you wish but um, i'm a non-athlete wearing uh, uh wingtips and a suit and i tried to catch <laughs> brad maynard punts in the walter payton center and he had the tail down spiral going and i could not ever not one time negotiate where that ball was going it kept diving away from me i would dare say that a tail down spiral is harder than a tumbler out of the air. I, what do you think? It is. There's, there's no doubt about it. And that's why when you see those punt returners like, you know, Jakeem, when he takes a chance or when you saw Devin take a chance, um, it, it, it really makes you appreciate how good a catchers they are and how fearless that is. Because obviously, like I said, at the end of the day, we have to have the football at the end of the play. No excuses. That's what has to get done. And uh, when you do, you got a bunch of people coming around you and you're trying to read all that and the wind and those things. I mean, that's it's, it's a tough deal. 
Shaquem goes out with a concussion on the day he was named to the Pro Bowl. The 97-yard return certainly put him on the national spotlight in a game against the Green Bay Packers. What's he meant to this team? Well, he's meant a lot. He's uh, obviously, he's a, he's a guy that I think that opposing coordinators, when they go home, at night to lay their head on their pillow. They don't have sweet dreams because they're, you know, they're, they are worried that this guy is, is going to take a shot on goal and, uh, and has the ability to what I say has long speed and finishing speed. And uh, that, that'll leave you up at night as a, as a coach. And I think that when you have those things, I mean, then you can, you can get bad punts from, from the punter. I mean, he might not field it or, or might not, be able to field one of them, but if it's a short punt, that's a direct reflection of him being a good returner. So you picked up, uh, let's say the guy's punting the ball 45 yards and all of a sudden he hits a 35 yarder or a 32 yarder. I mean, you just picked up a 13 yard or 10 yard return, in my opinion. At least that's how I view it. I've always viewed it that way. And, uh, you know, I think guys take pride in that. So he's, he's meant a lot to us. I'm really proud of his honor, but I think that honor, he'd be first to tell you he's proud of the guys that are blocking for him and, and giving him an opportunity. Final segment of the Bears Coaches Show tonight here with Chris Tabor, Bears Special Teams Coordinator, kind enough to join us. Uh, not at the game last night. He'll be back, though, coming up on the trip to Seattle. So to amplify what we're talking about but with uh, Jakeem Grant and just your history with you know Devin Hester and Josh uh, Cribs in Cleveland and uh, Johnny Knox here with the Bears, Devin Hester, Cordell Patterson, a lot of different playmakers on your special teams units, and uh, that must be a great deal of pride for you. I'm always happy for those guys. I'm happy for the guys that block for them. I mean, those are some of those names you've listed. I mean, and Tariq. I, and Tariq. Yeah, you, you feel fortunate, and you feel lucky to be around players like that because as a coach, you're always looking to grow yourself, and there's no better way to learn than from learning from the player. And uh, to have, I mean, obviously – Devin, uh, you know, when I came here in 2018, I remember studying Tariq, but I had never had a, a player like Tariq, a smaller, dynamic, strong, fast uh, type player. It was a totally different skill set because when I was in Cleveland, I had uh, Cribs, who was a bigger guy like Cordell. And then uh, we had a Travis Benjamin also, who is built more like Mooney. So it, it, it's, been, it's been fun just to be able to uh, coach different guys with different skill sets and then being able to learn from them. And so hopefully as you're developing returners, you can maybe see some of those qualities and players that you're trying to develop or, and also be able to say, hey, you know, uh, Tariq did this, Jakeem did this, Devin did this, Cordell did this, you know, Josh Cribbs loved doing this right here. This fits your game right here. This might be something that we can expand upon and, and grow. Uh, but at the same time, I want the player always to be uh, himself. You know, I think it's our job as a coach to identify the skill set, put them in the position and then, and then keep growing them. And, and I think the players always, they'll, they'll tell you how fast they can grow by what they do on the field. So it's, I, I, like I say, I've, I've been, I've been blessed to be around a lot of guys that can uh, impact the game. How many of you guys around that unit last night that hadn't played for you this season? Uh, there were some, there were some guys, but I'll tell you what, I sure was proud of them. You know, just the opening kickoff itself. I think they got it to the 22 and no one ever, you know, no one says anything. And I'm good with all that, that, that returner, 
you know, has two touchdowns on the year and is really, he's electric. And, uh, and we got guys on the backside that they haven't played together. Now there's, there's a bunch of guys that haven't played a lot, but, but they came in and the thing I was really proud, they understood what they needed to do. I thought coach again, did a great job throughout the week uh, with, with, with those guys and, and they, and they responded and they played well. And they said, you know what, the, here's our standard on special teams and we need to, we need to play to this standard and, and, and keep it there because uh, in our room, we always like to think that we're always playing for something and that's set in field position and, and trying to make a positive impact. And, and then, you know, now we got work to do. We got to get rid of those negative plays that took place last night. So uh, it'll be another fun week with regards of trying to get better. Now it's time to look ahead. Brought to you by Bet Rivers, the official sportsbook partner of the Bears. Seattle on the docket. They get two Pro Bowlers uh, announced, including Michael Dixon, the punter. Nick Bellar is on the special teams unit as well for the Seattle Seahawks. What's our early prognosis? They're playing right now as we speak. Bellar, you mentioned, he's been in the league a long time. Uh, very well deserving. And then obviously the punter. He's a guy that uh, he's an Aussie uh, player that that can move the ball all around has all the kicks so uh, kind of going back to our earlier discussion with regards to fielding the ball and beating the ball to this spot uh, it becomes even more important this week because you're not always going to know where this guy's going to put the football another big task but uh, I think our guys will be up for it so it'll be a lot of fun appreciate all your time good luck this week and welcome back all right thank you all right that's going to do it for tonight's show I want to thank Lisa Fielding Dan Brilli, Jordan Treadup, and Katie Tuber our producers for head coach Matt Nagy and coach Tabor I'm Jeff Joniak we'll bring the Bears and Seahawks from Seattle. Noon pregame, 305 kickoff from the Great Northwest. That'll do it for tonight's show. Thanks for listening, everybody. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. This is News Radio 1059 WBBM. Good night, everybody.